On today's podcast, we have Miles Hopper and Giles Humphreys, co-founders of Mindful Chef, the UK's number one recipe box. They have successfully raised £2 million on Crowdcube in just 11 days, overfunding by 200%. They are also authors of a best-selling cookbook called Eat Well, Live Better. So hello both, and thank you for joining me today. So before we really jump into crowdfunding questions, tell me a little bit about yourselves and your journey into entrepreneurship? Sure. Uh, so this is Miles. Michael Sheff is up by myself and Giles and a third co-founder, Rob. We're actually all old school friends from Devon. So we grew up in the West Country, you know, surrounded by the countryside and great produce on our doorsteps. And, and uh, it was actually only when we all went our separate ways and, and in different sort of fields. I myself was in, uh, involved in personal training and nutrition. Yeah. His job, the marketing. Um, and Rob actually went more into the financial side of things. And it was when we all sort of met up in London and sort of had that pull for the West Country again. And did we sort of come up with this this idea for recipe boxes? We, we saw recipe boxes in the States and, you know, we thought, how could this be done a little bit better and involving all of our sort of skill sets? And we thought, well, health and wellness is on the rise and, and it's actually something that interests all of us. Yeah. So we decided to create a healthier recipe box. And, and um, in the very early days as well, it, it was quite nice because we got to tour sort of the West Country looking for all of our suppliers and local produce that we grew up with. So, yeah, it was a, a great small start. Right. That sounds very interesting, actually. When did you realise that it was the right business to launch? Was it when you started sitting down and combing through the concept? Or was it after you've launched that you realised it was actually the right thing to do? It was definitely after we launched, because beforehand it would have just been a hunch, really. We did a lot of research, but it was once we started shipping boxes. So initially we shipped 10 boxes in our first week to friends and family. It literally was just our families, really. Um, (laughs) Yeah. We were driving the first boxes around ourselves in a little van. The next week was 20, then 30, then 40. Wow. And basically in our first six months while we were, we were in beta phase, it was very much just test, testing everything, left, right and centre, yeah. trying new ideas, new recipes, new concepts. Should we deliver within London, outside of London, nationwide, in the West Country? There was loads of different considerations. Should we be doing meals for one person, two person, four people? There was hell of a lot of stuff to get our heads around in the early yeah. days and by far the best way that we, we approached it was just trial, trial and error learn quick if you, if you want to test something just test and fail quickly or test and, and win quickly essentially and so we just tried Agreed. loads of different tactics where we just rolled out a, a kind of as they say, an MVP, a minimum viable product, and just had a, had a go and, and let people try it. And I think it, it must have been when we were on to our about 100th box, which was 100 every week, and then the week after was 110. And it was at that point yeah. where we hadn't spent much on marketing, but we were just seeing the, the take-up happen yeah. quite quick. Lots of people just essentially, in really basic terms, lots of customers, and by this time it wasn't just friends and families, lots of customers just saying, actually, this makes my life so much easier. I don't need to walk around the local supermarket <laughs> where a small change be local. I don't need yeah. to do that. What I, what I can do is have this box of groceries delivered to my door. I don't need to think about what I'm going to have for dinner on a Monday or Tuesday. I'm just going to let my chef take take care of the start of the week. And I yeah. think it was that that was that point to which we thought, okay, yeah, this 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 is going to be popular and, and will work. But yeah, it was definitely after we had put the boxes out there and just looked at the pickup. Right. That actually that sounds so incredible. I like the organic growth throughout the whole process. So what blocks do you think entrepreneurs should be watching out for when launching a business from your own experience? I would say don't overcomplicate things in the early days. So a roadblock could be 
and think about absolutely everything and anything that your product could be or service could be and then actually just get the minimum value products out there. So that's a big roadblock because it's very tempting, especially with us, with a group of three of us, it's very tempting to go, oh, we can do so much here. We, For example, with us, you could say, oh, why don't we focus on not just evening dinners, but let's do lunches and breakfasts and snacks and add-ons. And yeah. we have all these ideas in the early days, but one of the big roadblocks is to not get bogged down with thinking about too much and just focus on that very early product and just make sure that you just do one thing really well and then yeah. you'll be able to learn very quickly and test that and see if it's popular. And the other one, in all honesty, is funding, which obviously we'll talk about in a bit, but essentially yeah. we were unaware of how much funding we would need to get a successful recipe box off the ground. We, put, we basically put all of our life savings in, but and for the first six to nine months, we were absolutely fine. We were testing, but very, you know, very small marketing budgets. But actually, we, we did underestimate and the amount of funding needed, and it was it was only by chance that the that we were approached by an external angel investor who came to us and said, just popped us an email to our generic hello at mindfulchef.com email address and yeah. um, just said, hey guys, I've used the service. I absolutely love it. I think your product is way better than other, others on the market, but I love your focus on health. Can we chat? And it was that moment that we realized once we took that first external little cash yeah. that now helped us to grow, really that is a big area that all entrepreneurs should consider is get your financial forecasts very accurate. So, you know, as far as possible before you launch something, try and understand the market and, and what you're going to need because it's quite a big deal how, you know, making sure you've got enough cash. Yeah. Um, and in terms of social media and how it is online at the minute, in terms of like content creation, do you think that's been sort of like an important area for you guys in terms of pushing the business forward online? Yeah, definitely. I mean, in the early days, as Giles alluded to, you know, we didn't have any money for marketing whatsoever. So those that first sort of six, nine months, you know, it was all about growing our presence across social media and just creating a buzz around sort of Michael Chef, you know, really creating a story, a personality behind the brand so that when we came up against the much bigger players, people would read and believe into that story and, and buy more into the brand. Yeah. And so in the early days, we were literally gifting out boxes to all sorts of people with some sort of following in the hopes that they might, you know, retweet it or share a picture of the box. Couldn't afford to pay anyone at that time. So it was all literally if people liked it then we just we'd ask for a favour and see if they'd share it. I mean we managed to grow quite fast in the early days and yeah. And yeah, now as you say, it's all about content. So, you know, we have an in house full time videographer Fantastic. who does a lot of the content criticism with us and, you know, we get out and meet all of our suppliers, put videos behind that. So our customers can actually see the full transparency behind where they're actually sourcing their food from. And do you think that's important to be very transparent with your consumers? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're working towards becoming a B corporation as well. So we are trying to change the way that businesses actually operate and involve their customers more into the whole process. And, and yeah. as you say, in today's age, everyone, you know, we're much more health conscious. We're much more conscious about where our food is actually coming from. Absolutely. I agree with that. So now on to crowdfunding. Um, a lot of people are unsure about what equity crowdfunding actually is. So in your own words, how would you define what it is and how important it is for people to tap into that area to grow their business? Firstly, what it is, it's a 
essentially giving away a slice of your business in very basic terms yeah. um, in return for cash. So in our case, in our first round, we gave away 25% of the business and we yeah. took a million pounds cash. So that was a big decision to give away 25% of our business that we, yeah. our baby that we took up for a, a year and a half prior to that. But that's essentially, I say, one of the best things we ever did. And I guess another question attached to what crowdfunding is, is how exactly does it work? And you get you often get asked a lot by people from outside of the investment world. So yeah. Basically, the other 95% of people who aren't really okay with investing in businesses, a lot of those people, friends who, who said, oh, I'm keen to invest, but what do I get out of it? When do I get my dividends, etc.? <laughs> one of the... One of the things, you know, when do I see a return? And one of the things that a lot of startups need to be clear on with their investors is you're investing at a very early stage, which is often uh, a very far higher risk investment as well, as opposed to putting your money into a 5100 business. So what it means is for the first few years, you're probably not going to realize any returns whatsoever, but you're playing a much longer game with your investment. So that's from the investor's perspective. From the entrepreneur's perspective, uh, and when I say a longer term, it could be that the company goes on to float, which is fantastic, uh, on public markets, or the company is acquired by someone else, a much larger company, or you go into partnerships, so there's a path acquisition. So you, you could take, for example, with Mindful Chef, you could say, well, one of the big supermarkets might part acquire you and, and add you to their business, but you still own, shareholders still own a percentage of it. So there's, there's lots of different options down the line, but essentially it's all about investing early in something that you believe in, hoping to realise a return down the line, but not an immediate one in, in the form of dividends. And I get that's from an investor's point of view. From, from an entrepreneur's point of view, kind of how important it is and how it can help. For us, it was the single best thing we've ever done for the business. Very easy to say, let's not raise any cash. Let's own 100% of our own business. Very few businesses have a luxury of that, in it, especially yeah. in the early days. And, and so... When we went out and raised the first million pounds, which was uh, via Cedars, we dropped, we were aiming to raise 400,000. We over, overfunded by four, um, 250% and took a million in, in 12 days. Yeah. That was our first, and that kind of blew us away. And from when we raised that to the present time, where we've just closed our second major round, we used that million basically for tech and marketing. And within one year, it took us from 1 million annual revenues to 5 million annual revenues. Yeah. So we grew 5x in one year and now we've yeah. just, just taken a second round, 2 million pounds, and this time it's via Crowdcube. So we just tried both different crowdfunding platforms because we always, we often get asked by, by entrepreneurs, have you tried both? And we only tried Cedars. So we've tried Crowdcube now. Another hugely successful raise, 2 million pounds, smashing our target of a million in 11 days. And we decided to end the raise there. We had lots more people who wanted to invest, but we decided to end the raise there because we feel that's a sufficient amount of cash to take us through to where we want to get to. And, yeah. and, and on the back of it, we now have an army of cumulatively near on a thousand investors. So it's just under a thousand investors. And that's, yeah. we see those people, you see those people as brand advocates, brand ambassadors, and a network of salespeople as much as anything else because they're, they're fully invested in the business quite, quite literally. They're, they're all, they've all become customers and they're all talking about it to their friends and family. So it's a great, crowdfunding is a great way to spread your brand as well and get your message out there. Indeed, from, from my, just jumping in there, I'd say um, yeah. that last point, that last point Giles sort of touched on with the investors, you know, in the last round, we brought over, uh, over I think, 750 investors into it. And, you know, a lot of those people were actually already customers. Yeah. So it's a great to involve your customers into your business. Yes, um, you know, yes. We have a, a 
for the best in class retention and you know a lot of loyal customers and jars myself speak to them week in week out as well you know they're heavily involved in mindful chef so from our point of view it's really a no-brainer to go back to the crowd again to allow these people who, who are already you know have already incorporated mindful chef into their weekly lifestyle so to have them you know on board and actually involved more in the business was only a, a positive from our side and the, the other thing I would say on crowdfunding and how important it was to have access to that capital is, I think if you round back the clock, not even 10 years, but 10, 15 years, say, entrepreneurs like ourselves would have really struggled to have access to that capital because crowdfunding yes. hasn't existed for a while. It's basically enabled anyone with a good enough idea, solid enough business plan, a great product to go to a market and say, hey, what do you think? I don't have any contacts in the finance world. I'm not one of these lucky few people who has my dad's parents are bankers. We, mm. had, we had none of those contacts. So whereas you had to be privileged in the past to be able to go and raise funds because you had to know the right people, nowadays you use the power of the crowd. And anyone could go to Crowdcube, Cedars, all these we- all these um, crowdfunding websites, Syndicate Room, and essentially if you've got a good enough idea, stop solid enough business plan, they'll let you go on and, um, and, and get your raise up there. And I... I think that really showed the power of opening opening it up because we, as Mars said, we had almost 700 investors in the last round and a lot of them were £20 investors, £50 investors, some even £10 investors. So yeah. it, it wasn't just the big the big guys, although we had some very big investors. It wasn't just the big guys. It was a whole, whole host of people who wanted to do their bit to support a company that they believed in. Yeah. And do you think that's one of the most important things when it comes to crowdfunding, building that audience first and then you say to yourself okay I've got the audience and they're invested now I can actually run a successful campaign yeah I mean there's lots of tips and tricks we get phone calls we probably have a a call every week I reckon between one of the three of us with a new entrepreneur who wants some advice because both Crowdcube and Cedars have given us as one of the uh, a good example of how to run a campaign because we we had some great video content we we executed the campaign quite quickly and so we're always giving advice to people and a lot of them say well what are the tips like what do I need to know and I mean one one of the things that we always say is yeah our customer base was absolutely invaluable and so we warmed up our customer base well in advance send them out collateral in their boxes emails sms's put notes in their my account sections on the website just to say we're going to raise If you'd love to be part of of our journey, please do just drop us an email or a call, we'll have a chat, we'll talk you through it. So we really warmed up that customer base before we we launched and that enabled us to hit the ground running. So that's a hugely important thing. I think that is definitely one of the best ways to do it. In terms of requirements in order to start running the campaign on, on platforms like Cedars or Crowdcube, do you think there are any specific requirements that a business would need to sort of tick before they can um, start putting together a campaign? I would say from experience, from looking at other businesses on there, generally you have to have turnover, you have to be trading as a business, um, can't just be an idea on a piece of paper, although there are some businesses that do that. You have to have a pretty, pretty special one to be able to go on with zero revenues. Most of them have to have a little bit, but there are businesses who go on there and raise 50,000, 100,000. They have absolutely tiny revenues. Yeah. But, uh, investors generally like to see some form of proof of concept. And the other thing is, as we did, going up and warming up customers, I'd say the other requirement is to, which, which most crowdfunding websites will tell you is you have to come with a little bit of money before the race. So we always say to people, try and find a, we don't give an exact figure, but any entrepreneurs who come to us, they'll always say, did you have any money beforehand lined up? And the answer is yes. But we worked very hard to speaking to a lot of our customers saying, 
would you be, once people emailed us back, we, we would have a call with them. Would you be interested? Okay, well, let's have a coffee. Let's sit down. Let's talk through our, our financial plans. And then over a course of a number of months, we would be leading up, getting that pool of money, which we'd then be able to go to CrowdCube or Seeders and say, yeah, right, okay, we've, we've got enough that we think is good enough that when we launch on day one, we'll have a little bit of money guaranteed, which will help get the momentum going. And then one of the other sort of main time-consuming things would be producing a video as well. So when we did our first crowdfunding campaign, you know, we took about two weeks to head back to Devon and actually took our team with us. We located off-site, which was nice for two weeks, and yeah. um, actually spent time shooting a video telling the whole story behind Mindful Chef because, you know, in this day and age, nobody's going to spend too much time reading a piece of paper if they're not interested first. And yeah, the true. The amount of going up and content going up and there are some you know every day there seems to be another amazing idea or, or something new that's coming out so you really have to be able to grab people's attention um, and if you have a good video and you can hook people in then obviously they, they will go on to read a bit more about your business so how did you both feel when you realized that your campaign was super successful and overfunded i'm probably quite relieved <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, as a, as, a, as a startup, you go through uh, all of the ups and downs that come with, yeah. uh, with big startups. And uh, yeah, I think it was it was more relief than anything. I don't think we ever thought in our wildest dreams it would overfund by that amount that quickly. You know, in the back of your head, you always hope that it will. But I mean, I, I can remember being sat with Robin Giles in a uh, in a pub near to the office a couple of weeks before, thinking, "Oh God, we haven't got any money here," <laughs> and uh, you know, all the all the stress that comes with that. And but then, you know, as soon as the campaign actually went live, you know, momentum just built, and and we managed to overcome, which is great. So initial feelings of relief, and then a lot of joy and happiness, and a, and a lot of fun at the um the after party, I'd say. So you guys celebrated with a party. Uh, we did the first time. We haven't done it. We did this time round. It was all work. All work this time. Yeah. But uh, first campaign, we we had a, a a small party where we invited uh, you know a lot of our, our customers, investors to come along, sort of as a thank you and just to sort of celebrate and, and tell them a bit more about the next year and what our plans were with that money because obviously that's what a, a lot of the customers are interested in. They want to know you know is the service changing at all? Yeah. Or what's coming? So, so it's just sort of laying there sort of any worries or, or, or actually just help with their interest. So yeah, this time, no, no after party this time, it was all, all back to work. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. So um, for both of you, this is a fun question. Tell me something that's true that most people wouldn't agree with you on. Oh, that's a very, very difficult one. <laughs> true that most people wouldn't agree with you on. Sort of something that's true that most people wouldn't know about is the, is, is the, is the food chain and what we've learned about the food chain. So... I tell my friends nowadays, just to every time they go in the supermarket, just pick up the fruit and veg and see what country it's from. And 80% of the time, it will not be saying UK on it. It'll be saying yeah. England. But, yeah, uh, true. That, that's something that people won't know much about. They're getting a bit better on that. And just small things on that note, like, did you know that your apples have been locked in an airtight, airtight container for three months? Didn't know that. Oh, yeah, so there's lots of things that, lots of tricks, and tricks of the trade, I'd say, which... A lot of people would not know necessarily agree on, and I would just—I'd probably just say our main slogan: "Healthy eating can be easy." I mean, everyone always thinks it's super hard, or they don't know what to do. And yeah, we're trying to completely dispel that myth and say, actually, you know, it can be really simple, it can be really easy if you have a few of these things in your cupboards, or or you know what spices to throw in with which meat or fish or whatever it is. Actually, you can make things 
um, you make healthy eating really easy and you make it really delicious as well. Agreed. Although I'm still struggling myself, but I agree. What did you pick up first this morning? Newspaper, phone, laptop, and why? A uh, baby, because she's crying. <laughs> I love that. Uh, mine, mine was phone, although I'm determined that I'm going to change that. I think people on their phones way too much nowadays. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Didn't know um, you have a daughter or son. Yeah, no, I just uh, recently had a little daughter, so yeah, she's about four and a half months now. Oh my goodness. So, so yeah, she's, uh, no, she's great, so it's been really easy, really. Oh my goodness. So, um, yeah, and final question, how awesome is Mindful Chef, and why do you think it will change the way people eat? It's very awesome because it and other recipe boxes, but us in particular, given our health focus, yeah. will change the way people eat because in 10 years' time, it will, it will seem absurd we ever walked around a supermarket every single evening like a lot of city goers do rather than doing one big weekly shop, which makes a little bit more sense. It will seem absurd we ever stood in queues not really knowing what we wanted for dinner and just picking up the same old ingredients time and time and time again on a dreary Monday evening when we could have been using that time just getting home and having a, a fridge loaded with ingredients that were delivered for you with different meals every single week. And that's one of the biggest things for us is that our customers will try, on average, they have the ability to try about 156 new recipes every single year compared to the national statistic, which is something like between 7 and 10, it varies, of which yeah. people just cook on food. So I think that's why it's so exciting that it will change people's lives because the variety of what they're cooking and, and their, their health focus from our point of view is, is so pronounced that we're just going to, we're, we're cutting out a lot, a lot of rubbish from people's diets. Well, I would say it's awesome because it it solves a lot of problems and helps people. So, you know, it, it, recipe boxes are really convenient. They save people time. They give people variety and help them with cooking. And in our case, as Jar said, you know, we are a healthy recipe box. So we're actually enabling people to make positive changes to their lifestyle. And when you read reviews of, of people who are diabetics, they're saying that they're, they're dealing with their blood sugar levels a lot better or, you know, they've been trying to lose weight and they haven't been able to do that and that and they've done it really easily on the service. Or, you know, quite simply, you've got a, a mother who's like, my children have never cooked, but because it's so easy, you know, and the recipe's right there, they start doing it. So you're actually teaching sort of another, or helping another generation of, of people to actually get back into cooking. Yeah. Um, that's where the, the positive benefits of Michael Chef really lie. And I personally think that's amazing. And I'm excited for the next 10 years just to kind of see how people will eat on a daily basis. Like you guys are saying, it will change the next generation. And I thank you both very, very much for joining me today to not only that's talk about... Thank you very much. Thank you. To not only talk about crowdfunding, but also your business and how it's benefiting so many people across the UK. Thank you very much. Thanks, Nadine. Thanks, Vanessa. Yeah, thanks for your time. Much appreciated. Hey, it's Nadine here. Thank you for joining me for my first podcast episode with the amazing co-founders of Mindful Chef. Next week, Tuesday, I will have another fantastic episode with Karen Kalibi, founder of Drop It, discussing all things business and how she created a service no one knew they needed. See you then.